When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Hello, and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast that's going to get you caught up and ready for the spring equestrian season. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Fall Recap! So as you may know, equestrian is one of those sports that it spans two semesters. The fall portion basically runs along with football season, and the spring portion runs from about uh, now until the national championships in mid-April. We had nine weeks of competition in the fall, and we'll have seven weeks of regular season competition in the spring, plus a week of conference tournaments, and then a week for the national championship tournament. So when we get started, it'll be week 10 of the season, and week 10 is coming up, so to get you ready... I'll go through the current rankings of the top 10 and summarize how these teams did in the fall. I'll also single out some riders on the teams that led the way. I've got to make an edit here. Now, this is one of those things that it sounds like such a great idea at the time, but then once you get into it and start doing it, you're just like, oh, this isn't very fun. And if you remember from when we started back in week one of the fall, one of the things I wanted to do this year was make sure that I was having fun with all this, so anything that isn't fun, I'm just not going to do. So I got through a couple of the teams, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do any more of this research. So I stopped, and I'm not going to do it. So I'll do a couple of the teams uh, who they're most valuable riders are up to date but uh then at some point i'm just gonna stop doing it because you know that's the way it is that's what you get sometimes anyway back to the show now for you folks who are new uh whenever we're talking about the riding here we're basically talking about two different types first you have the jumping seat disciplines which is the fancy english riding and then you also have the western discipline which is where the girls dress up like cowgirls so let's get into it now We're going to do these teams in reverse order to build the drama. At number 10, we have UC Davis. The Aggies started off with a home win over South Carolina. Then they dropped a couple of meets to TCU and SMU. They beat South Dakota State on a neutral site, but they fell to Delaware State that same weekend. Now, the Aggies are led by juniors Sierra Gunnarsson and Tiaza Anastad who are both undefeated in equitation on the flat. Uh, They have some other good riders here and there, but since those ladies are undefeated, they are the ones who get the shout-out here today. Now, looking ahead, UC Davis's spring schedule starts off with a tough neutral site meet against Oklahoma State. Then, they have a showdown with ECAC foe UT Martin on the road. They'll also ride against Fresno State home and away, plus they'll host Baylor. Uh, right now the Aggies are outside of that top eight, and, um, if you recall, only the top eight are the ones that go to that national championship tournament down in Ocala, so for UC Davis to keep moving up, they're going to need to beat UT Martin this spring and probably upset Fresno State at least once, uh, just to move up into those top eight before conference, uh, tournament time. Now, continuing on, number nine, UT Martin. The Skyhawks started off the fall kind of slowly. They fell to Baylor and Delaware State early, 
but then they rebounded in a big way with a 9-6 neutral site upset of SMU. They added a win against South Dakota State, but then they fell to Texas A&M in their final weekend of the fall. Looking at some of their top riders, on the jumping seat side, UT Martin is led by sisters Kelby and Haley Kane. Kelby is a senior who was perfect in equitation over fences in the fall, and then she won 66% of her rides on the flat as well. Junior Haley went 66% in equitation over fences. Another jumping seat rider, Julia Gilman, was nearly perfect on the flat, winning 83% of her rides in that event. In the Western events, freshman Kate Davis has been tearing it up in raining, winning 80% of her rides over there. Now looking at their spring, the Skyhawks are just outside of that top eight teams that are going to go down to Ocala, so they're going to need to get some more wins against a super tough spring schedule. They'll travel to SMU this weekend and also ride against Delaware State and TCU. They'll want to beat at least one of those teams to stay high in the rankings. Later in the spring, they're going to face some tough teams like Oklahoma State and Georgia, but will still have a chance at gaining some wins against teams like UC Davis and South Dakota State. So we'll keep an eye on that. Our next team is at number 8, Delaware State. The Hornets had a good fall season. They opened the fall in a pair of jumping seat-only meets that don't count towards their overall record, and they split a pair of meets against their ECAC conference foes. They defeated UT Martin at home, but dropped a close home meet to SMU. They didn't look real great in a pair of jumping seat-only meets, but the Hornets finished strong, beating UC Davis and South Dakota State at home to end the fall season. On the jumping seat side, the Hornets are led by freshman Olivia Brown and sophomore Victoria Croissant. Maybe it's Croston. Anyway, Brown has won 75% of her rides in equitation over fences, and Croston has won 65% of her equitation on the flat rides. On the western side, Delaware State boasts a very strong horsemanship squad led by freshman Anelia Cortina, who was perfect in the event this fall. Their reigning squad also has performed well this fall, led by junior Amber Van Segbrook and senior Grace Wilson, each of who has won 75% of their rides. Now, when we look at the Hornets' spring schedule, they have a very tough schedule ahead of them in the spring. Uh, They go on the road for every meet. (laughs) That's pretty rough. So, you figure upsetting SMU or Auburn is probably going to be too much to ask of them, but maybe Delaware State could get a win over a floundering TCU this weekend, possibly. Um, Or maybe, you know, even uh, against winless South Carolina later on in, in March. So, we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. But they really do need some wins so that they can stay in that top eight. Now, the next team we're going to look at is number seven, Fresno State. The Bulldogs started off the fall hot with wins over South Carolina and TCU at home, but then things got a lot tougher when they faced Georgia, Auburn, and Oklahoma State, losing all three of those. Uh, They split a pair of beats against SMU, and then they ended the fall with a loss to Baylor. The Bulldogs will need to make the most of their five spring meets if they want to stay in the top eight that's going to travel down to Ocala. The road trip to TCU that's coming up is winnable, but their trip to Oklahoma State the next day is probably going to be too tough. After those, they have a pair of meets against UC Davis with a home meet against Baylor in between those. Fresno State really needs to get some wins from TCU and UC Davis. And if they could upset Baylor or Oklahoma State, then they'll almost certainly remain in that top eight. On to number six, SMU. The Mustangs started off the fall with a stunning upset at the hands of UT Martin. And that means they got upset. They did not upset UT Martin. Uh, But they rebounded by beating TCU at home, and then they lost to Auburn and Georgia. Then they defeated UC Davis on the road. They split a pair of meets against uh, Fresno State. But then they upset Oklahoma State at home, and that was crazy. 
Now, looking ahead to their spring, uh, that schedule is actually a lot more favorable for them because they are not going to leave Dallas until their conference tournament. ECAC opponents UT Martin and Delaware State will visit Dallas this weekend. After that, they're going to host TCU, uh, Sweetbriar, and Texas A&M to finish out their spring. Now, let's look at number five, Georgia. The defending national champs began the fall with a loss to rival Auburn, but rebounded against visiting Fresno State. The Bulldogs split their Texas meets, first losing at Texas A&M, but defeated SMU the next day. A home victory over South Carolina closed out Georgia's fall schedule. Looking ahead at the spring, after a jump-and-seat-only tune-up against Sweetbriar, the Bulldogs will host Texas A&M in an effort to remain in the hunt for the SEC crown. Then they'll go on the road to South Dakota State and South Carolina before returning home to host Auburn and UT Martin to close out the spring. Now let's look at number four, Baylor. Baylor opened up with a road victory against UT Martin, but then fell at home to Big 12 foe Oklahoma State. They rebounded with a pair of victories over Texas A&M and TCU, but then dropped a home meet against Auburn. The Bears then finished out the fall with a home victory over Fresno State. Now, looking at their spring, the Bears are going to start their spring season with a meet this weekend at Texas A&M. Then they're going to face Oklahoma State and TCU. They'll take a break from conference action to host South Carolina, and then they'll finish up the season on the road against Fresno State, SUNY New Paltz, and UC Davis. Our next team is number three, Auburn. The Tigers began the fall with a big home victory over Georgia. The next week, they dropped a close meet at Oklahoma State, but rebounded to beat SMU the following day. After a jump-and-seat-only win against Lynchburg, the Tigers defeated Fresno State and South Carolina at home. Auburn returned to the road and suffered another defeat, this time to Texas A&M, before finishing off the fall with a victory at Baylor. Looking ahead to Auburn Spring, it starts off with three jump-and-seat tune-up meets against SUNY New Paltz, Sewanee, and Dartmouth College. After those, the Tigers return to SEC play, visiting South Carolina, and then next up are a pair of home meets against Ole Miss, that's an exhibition, and Delaware State. Auburn then finishes the spring with a home contest against Texas A&M and then a road trip to Georgia. Our next team is number two, Texas A&M. In the preseason, I had Texas A&M ranked number two because they returned so much talent from the previous year. Well, in week one, the Aggies struggled in a win against South Dakota State, and then they lost on the road to Baylor, and that sent them tumbling all the way out of my top ten. But at some point after that, A&M turned things around and went on a tear. They beat South Carolina on the road. They beat Georgia at home. They beat UT Martin and Lynchburg on the road. Then they capped it all off with a 10-6 home thrashing of Auburn. Now, when we look at their spring, if you'll remember, I told you how well the fall went for A&M. Well, things are going to get a lot tougher in the spring. They'll start off with a home rematch against Baylor, and then they have a road trip to Georgia. Then they host South Carolina, and then they go back on the road to Auburn. After that, they're going to visit SMU, and then they'll finish up the spring by hosting Oklahoma State. Now, speaking of which, let's talk about the number one team in the nation, Oklahoma State. The Cowgirls had a very good fall campaign, as you would expect from their ranking. Uh, They started off with an important road win at Baylor. Then they upset Auburn at home. Then they demolished TCU at home and narrowly defeated Fresno State on the road. But the next day, the tough road trip would catch up with them as they fell to SMU in their final meet of the fall. Now looking at their spring, the Cowgirls uh, look to start this spring with a bang as they host Baylor in another week from now. Then they're going to go on the road and face UT Martin and UC Davis over in Tennessee. 
Then they returned home to face Fresno State and followed that up with a road trip to TCU. Oklahoma State finishes their spring with a big road trip to Texas A&M in what will likely be their toughest meet of the spring. So that's our fall recap. Now we're going to take a break and I'm going to let Kyle tell you about how great the network is. Hey Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Weekend Previews. Okay, so the spring equestrian season is upon us. And if you are a fan of any of the following teams, you need to wake up and pay attention. Delaware State, TCU, SUNY New Paltz, Auburn, UT Martin, SMU, Suwannee, Baylor, Texas A&M, and Dartmouth. I bet we have a huge Dartmouth audience here on this show. And uh, so, you know, basically everybody there, wake up because your teams have equestrian meets this weekend. So, first of all, on Thursday, Delaware State travels to TCU. Uh, If this meet were in Delaware, I probably would pick the Hornets, but as disappointing as TCU's fall season was for them, I think they're going to be able to rebound and get a home win over the Hornets here. Uh, But it might be closer than we expect. We'll see. On the next day, Friday, we've got a bunch of meets. First up, we've got uh, over in Auburn. We're going to have a pair of jumping seat only meets where the Tigers are going to host SUNY New Paltz and then take on uh, SEC co-founding member Sewanee. Interesting note, Sewanee exited the SEC back in like the 30s because they felt that athletics were getting a little too much focus. And so they withdrew from the SEC and then they quit giving athletic scholarships. And they actually were a model for what we now know as the uh, NCAA Division III athletics. So uh, so this is kind of, you know, old home week for Auburn and, and Sewanee. They, they probably don't face each other in a lot of sports. So now they're facing off in equestrian. And Auburn is probably going to make quick work of both these teams. <laughs> Auburn Spence's team is the best in the nation. And their flat team showed a lot of improvement by the end of the fall. Uh, Neither of the visitors have the depth that Auburn does, so these should be runaway victories uh, for for Auburn in both of these. Next, let's look at UT Martin at SMU. The Skyhawks pulled off a big upset in the fall meeting between these two teams, but I expect SMU to return the favor this spring. That other meet was a 4-on-4 meet, and assuming that this one is 5-on-5, that should allow SMU's depth to be brought to bear. I think the Mustangs will win, probably getting at least 12 points. 
Now, let's look on over at Saturday. Saturday's kicks off with Delaware State against UT Martin. I have these two teams right next to each other in my rankings with Delaware State above the Skyhawks. So, I'm going to go ahead and give a slight advantage to the Hornets and say that they win this one 10-9. Then, UT Martin turns right around and rides against the host school, TCU. Now, normally I would go with the home team without a second thought, but TCU has had been kind of, you know, real flat this season. And uh, But still, I'm going to say that the home field advantage is a real big deal, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and say TCU wins this one, probably in a 10-10 to tiebreaker. But the, a win's a win. You know, you don't, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Next, we have the big meet of the weekend with Baylor visiting Texas A&M. The Bears beat A&M in the fall, but I think the Aggies will take this one. It's at home for them, and Texas A&M seems to be getting the most out of its talent these days. So, I think that one's going to go probably about 12 points or more for the uh, for the Aggies. Next, we have Delaware State at SMU. The Mustangs beat the Hornets on the road in the fall, so with this one being at home, I don't think Delaware State has much of a chance. I think SMU wins big here. And the final meet of the weekend is a jumping seat only contest between Dartmouth and Auburn. Now again, I don't think Auburn's going to have too much trouble with these visitors. I think Auburn actually might sweep both events. So uh, it kind of just comes down to how many of the typical starters will Auburn put out there or will they try to get more experience for some of the ladies that don't typically start. We'll see. But basically, you know, you could start a whole full team of girls who don't normally start on that Auburn lineup and they're still going to beat Dartmouth. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. And that's our look ahead at this week's action. Equestrian news. With the fall just beginning, we don't have a lot of news right now, but there is one big story that should concern equestrian fans no matter what school you pull for. The NCAA held its regular meeting to vote on stuff, and there was another proposal this year to see if Division III would adopt NCEA equestrian as an emerging sport. Uh, you'll recall that Divisions 1 and 2 have already done this, and if Division 3 would go ahead and do it, then that would really increase the number of schools who have uh, equestrian as a varsity sport, and it would actually get it very close to the number needed to flip it from being an, uh, uh, an emerging sport to being a full-on championship-level sport. Well, just like last year, the proposal got defeated. Um, I'm not really sure why, but I think what it is is a lot of the schools have IHSA programs, which are are club sport equestrian, and many of them, I think, are afraid that if they were to um, uh, allow NCA to grow in the Division III level, that it would hurt their IHSA teams. And, you know, there may be some truth to that, because we did see with Bridgewater two years ago, if you remember from, there was an episode in the fall that I talked about this, where Bridgewater, actually, they had to do some cost-cutting, so they got rid of their equestrian program, IHSA program, and they converted it over to an NCA program because you don't need as many riders. And um, and there was a lot of blowback from that. And they actually ended up making a, a compromise so their IHSA team did still survive. But, uh, oh, and actually, you know, with Bridgewater, when they had their very first meet as an NCA team, they actually upset the number one team in the nation. So in a way, it kind of worked out for them. So Anyway, the the measure was defeated, which is bad news, but basically it'll probably get brought up again next year, and we'll see if it gets passed then. But hopefully it will, because the day that that gets passed, I think it's really going to expand, especially at the D3 level, and then that's really going to open it up so that it could be a full-on championship sport, and boy, that's going to be great, particularly for the bigger schools like Auburn, Georgia, 
you know, SMU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, all those schools, because now they'll be competing for something that is a full-on championship sport, which right now it's kind of in that that in-between stage. So we'll see how that goes, and we'll probably talk about it again next January. Now, some other good news, or at least if you're an Auburn fan, this is good news. And I'll just tell you, aside from the Dartmouth contingency that I'm sure listens to this podcast religiously, we have quite a few Auburn fans who listen to this podcast as well. Well, I have good news for y'all. Auburn has added a graduate and former All-American to its roster for the spring. Deanna Green has opted to take advantage of the extra year of eligibility that is allowed because of COVID. Um, Deanna was an All-American in horsemanship, and she started a lot of the reigning meets as well. So having her come back on for Auburn is really going to um, shore up some, some uh, you know, inconsistency that they had on the Western side. Uh, and that's going to make them an even stronger contender uh, this spring. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, as always, be sure to keep an eye out for me on Twitter. I'll be posting predictions and updates of all the weekend's top meets. And that's all for this episode. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. I thank you very much for listening and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.